Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of The Drunk Riders. As always, I am Marcus. And I'm Mark. And I am Mike. Ooh, 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 that's good. And this week, we are joined by the legend, the man, the legend, myth, <laughs> Adam Sandy Zamperla Wiz. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Hey, gentlemen, how's it going? Oh, oh it is going. It's better now, man. It's better now. <laughs> it is much better now. We have missed your smiling face. We've seen it everywhere, but haven't had a chance to talk to you face to face. So glad to see you again. Yeah, sorry, I've been kind of busy, you know. So <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> nothing, nothing going on for you at all. Nothing things, going you know, on. Nothing important. You know, crazy. A little shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. We'll start with you first tonight as our esteemed guest. What are you drinking? Uh, it's actually my birthday today. So, thank you for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so, because of that, I am enjoying some Elijah Craig single barrel. Nice. All right. Respect. Yes. Respect. That's happy so, birthday, sir. Thank you. So if you hear clanging in the background as I'm talking, just me getting more ice for my drink. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Nothing but props for. Nothing but props for. <laughs> I give you nothing but love for that. So good choice. I like that one. I am drinking um, something. <laughs> Wait, I thought this was other half, isn't it? Oh, it's not other. Oh, you got the Dub, tasty. Dub Raz Tasty, yeah. Who's this from? Do you remember? I can't um, see. Uh, vale Brewing Company. Oh, Vale. Vale's very vale. good, yeah. Vale, yeah. This is, <laughs> ooh, it's a good sound. Mm. You're welcome. You're welcome. Mama. All right. Mark? All right. Well, so let me preface this by saying that I'm at the in-laws right now, and my father-in-law's tastes in beer are <laughs> a little bit old school. Let's, let's, let's put it that way. So this is the only beer in the fridge. A crisp, refreshing Michelob Ultra. <laughs> High quality. We're kicking you off the show, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is a fine tasting beverage, sir. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's not the champagne of beers, but it'll do. <laughs> Close enough. So, so, guys, I want to go fast. Oh. I want to go fast this week. All right, Ricky Bobby, let's go. So this week, actually, I'm going to take it back to the future a little bit. We got from Falsetto Brewing, driving 88. Unfortunately, it's not 70, then 100, and then 120, but it's driving 88. Um, <laughs> delicious triple IPA. So cheers, gentlemen. Hmm. Delicious. Go you, boo. I think I've had that before. I feel like I have. Uh, you had this at, um, oh, God, it's 10.5%. Cool. Um, Yikes. You had this at Hollywood Nights in 21. No. Maybe some event. You had it somewhere. <laughs> had it somewhere we were together, which is yes. a myriad of places over yes. love the specificity. <laughs> If well anything, on the we are we are known for being exact. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So, Adam, it's been a while. Yes, you have been around the block a few times. Um, what's new in your life? We'll get to the big stuff later. Obviously, 
What's what's going on in the land down under, man? You've been uh, traveling a little bit. He's not yeah. in Australia, man. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not half of the men, world. Hanging right? out with men at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we. Um, long story short, my uh, my wife works for the U.S. government, and so she got a temporary position in Japan. So actually. She had a six-month stint there, but uh, myself and the girls flew over in May and actually just came back uh, almost two weeks ago. So we were there for the summer. So it was pretty awesome. Wow. All right. Living the dream. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, I I enjoyed um, seeing your Facebook posts um, because the extreme jealousy, because all three of us want to go to that side of the world. Um, We have not gone yet, so... Yeah. What what is with Mark and animals getting on screen? Right. <laughs> oh Every week it's something. <laughs> oh man. Um. So with these travels, you've, you've you've obviously did a few amusement parks. Which one was your favorite? Uh, I know you guys are Disney haters, but I mean, I gotta say, like Disney Sea. <laughs> if you like the theme part of theme parks, like, it is. An amazing experience. It's well worth it. I'd say the best theme park I've been to. That is high on my bucket list and a requirement for Japan, actually. Which, uh, just so you're aware, if any of us go to Japan without the other two, the podcast is over. (laughs) um, It has to be all three kids, the two of us. So (laughs) we are going to Disney Sea. 100%. So So. that's great to know. What was the uh, marquee attraction at... (laughs) Disney Sea. I mean, I'd say the, and I can't remember what the zone was called, but the one with um, Journey to the Center of the Earth and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, it's basically you walk into this big, I mean, it's a fake, obviously, but this big rock formation. I mean, it looks like a crater um, that is just, I don't know, maybe like 100 meters across or more with this huge lake, and it's probably 20, 30 meters tall. And that it houses during the center of the earth kind of in that area as well as, as 20,000 leagues under the sea. But just the music, the ambiance is like this Jules Verne steampunk aesthetic. It's just it's next level for Disney, let alone just your average theme park experience. I, I was really blown away just walking through there. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it looks I like it's a mysterious island, by the way. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I pulled up the park map. So Oh, there you go. Know. Wow. Yeah, that is, I will say, that is the one Disney park I'm, like, itching to go to. Because I've been to Florida when I was a kid, so I'm like, eh, going out west, not a big deal. It looks like Japan is the place to do a lot of good things. So it, It's it's yeah. really just the Florida parks that that are the way they are. I mean, even, <laughs> even, even Disneyland out in California is pretty fun. Yeah. Well... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough to have been to all the Disney properties, at least the dry parks, and yeah, I'd say Florida oh. is far and away my least favorite uh, out of all of them. Makes sense. Yeah, it, it is Florida. <laughs> no, no offense. Well, minor offense to all our Floridian fans. <laughs> no, uh, no, no offense. Not, not full offense. You're right. Full, full offense to all of our Floridians. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I do live in Ohio, so I really can't say much more. But so. Exactly. I don't, I, I don't live in the country. I live in the city. So well, no, the, the better part of Ohio. Yeah, there you go. Um, what was the highlight coaster while you were over in Japan? Uh, probably just more shit you guys are going to hate. I have a feeling. Uh-oh. I mean. Yes, let's go. Let's go. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean the the the, the two for the, the two unique ones for me were um, Sea Paradise, the surf coaster, which is the Togo that's like built halfway out over the harbor, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bandit at Yamiurland for me it was just like. I'm not saying it's the best ride in the world, but from a historic perspective, I'd say it's like probably a top five most important steel coaster. Okay. And it was just really cool to get to ride that. Gotcha. Yeah. That's okay. That's pretty awesome. Um, uh, yeah. I'm seeing this now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. I mean, Bandit, everybody knows Bandit. And that's just, yeah. that's just a legend really. And especially yeah. in Japanese um, history over there. So. Mm-hmm. That ride is just still so immense too. You just look at it, you're like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize it goes like down in the valley and like mm-hmm. loops around like half the park or whatever. Yeah, I think there's like a maybe 259 feet or something like that, like vertical differential. Actually, when you look at the station and the topography, it, it's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's it's only 167, but elevation is 255. So yeah, it's got a hell of a drop. And it's 5,000 yeah. feet long, so that's a trip. Yeah. That is a trip. Not and, a it's got this, and, and it's got this wonderful the last the last kind of significant or second to last significant turn um, as you're heading on the home run. It, it's literally just unbanked, so <laughs> you just feel like you get thrown out of the car. It's like, oh, yeah, they, they pro- probably should have done a little something different here, but. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I love it. I'm excited about that eventually. It has over the shoulders, right? It does. It does. And I don't know if it was a code thing from when it went up. It also could be in the um, rising helix. There are one or two like diagonal braces that are really close, and it could just be a clearance envelope thing that it was just it, easier back then to do it with over the shoulders than you know do the complicated work of, of making that kind of fit the the uh, engineering so i i don't know but that's my guess as to maybe why but i know <laughs> J- japan's always had very conservative amusement ride code um like you've probably seen like the older povs the older steel coasters had to have like walkways all around in case of mm-hmm. an earthquake and stuff like that's it's not yep. that way anymore but it, it could be just you know something from their code at that time period too gotcha for sure yeah, 80s definitely was a interesting time in uh <laughs> oh, oh man I, I just watched the POV uh, again as we as yeah. we were talking, and yeah, that is Dragon Mountain. Here we come. <laughs> All right. Now, um, <laughs> what other parks did you get to while you were out in uh, Japan? What other parks? Um, did uh, Tobu Zoo, uh, but the Intamin Megalite was closed that day. Oh no! Oh, yeah. oh, that's such a fun ride. Oh, uh, but I did get uh, the the wood coaster. They got, I think it was Intamin originally, and got a revamp by GCI recently. Like that's right. Yeah. It's like Regina. Yeah. Is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's Regina yeah. too now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very creative naming there, but um, <laughs> it, it, it like the GCI in the park did a really good job on it. Like it, it, it's fun because you know most of those like 1980s giant wooden coasters just really turn to crap really quickly just because mm-hmm. they're so hard to maintain. So this ride sort of like a, a Din Summers if it was well taken care of. So it's just really not my favorite coaster, but really unique to experience because I when I got on like Texas Giant or at Dorney and the other ones, they were all kind of just, you know, the parks were keeping them going, but they weren't great rides by the time I got on any of those. So mm-hmm. for me, it was just kind of neat to experience what those could have been like. I'll put it that way. 
Gotcha. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, Regina. Yeah, you could just immediately. It reminds me of uh, we, we just did Wolverine Wildcat, and they had some substantial retracking. And you could tell <laughs> on Regina too where the old track is and where, where the new track is because man. And I, I think it's it's something crazy. Like there, you can watch this POV side by side, and it, it's like a good I don't know five or ten seconds faster. It's significant. I'll, people often underestimate how different the rides could be simply by a, a, a light retracking. So, yeah. Uh, yep. Plus, yeah, Toby's one I, I of remember, those. I remember similar things with uh, Ghost Rider, the side by side POVs, and how much faster that one ran as well. Well, was this Ghost Riders? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the original no list of, uh, of naming the co- <laughs> like the re- the revamp version of the coaster with the two at the end. I think that's great great idea there so <laughs> <laughs> great uh, choice right there so i wonder why i wonder, wonder why you feel that way <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um, uh, so oh go ahead no i say so I, I was trying to remember other place i went i did um is a uh is a, a spanish theme park that has a kind of raptor-esque clone that i visited for work so that was kind of cool hmm. um and that's sort of that's a little bit that's south of Tokyo. And I did um, Tokyo Dome, which I'd been before. And um, there's a I can't remember the name of it, um, but there's a little theme park um, or a little amusement park that's in uh, Asakusa, a neighborhood in um, Tokyo. And they've got the oldest roller coaster in Japan. It was built by Togo in '53. Um, the park actually dates, I think, from like 1852 or '53. It was a flower garden, and then wow. after World War II. Togo started operating it and built the coaster. So it's kind of just, again, sort of a neat piece of history and a tiny park that just kind of stacks rides on each other. So it's pretty neat. <laughs> that is great. Now, now I'm curious where that is. Oh, hold on, let me, uh... <laughs> like, I Roller can picture it in my head. I can picture it in my head. It, it's got like all these buildings around it and it mm-hmm. almost oh, looks yeah. like a railroad. Oh, wow. That is crazy. Yeah, it's... Uh, Hanayashiki. There it is. There's the part. I got you, boys. There you go. <laughs> S- saving lives every day. <laughs> One roll. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate really you going to assist, Marcus. It's now owned by Bandai. I was just... Well, look at that. What are the odds? Just playing a game from Bandai. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Small look world. That. It's... Uh- <laughs> Such a, such a unique experience. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, what else is new, man? What else has been going on in the world of uh, the Sandman? Uh, is that, is that, that's my new nickname here now. The Sandman? Well, I'm, I'm down for um, it. Are you okay with it? Like, I think we might do in the intro, I might have Marcus uh, add in Enter Sandman as you like as the podcast starts. <laughs> <laughs> and just bring that bring that energy in with you. Um, at, at the uh, IAPA press conference, you'd be there with a boom box holding it up over your head. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I would be honored. <laughs> I would be honored just each to... of us holding a beard is raising it high. <laughs> Sandy has arisen. Yeah. <laughs> just run up to the stage, put the boom box down, hit play, run away, give you a beer, and just let you go stone cold up, up yeah, there. I was the... say, if, if I could do like a stone cold thing to start it, that would be <laughs> ideal. 
Just dump it on. <laughs> this year's in Perla, isn't it? <laughs> Lightning oh. too. <laughs> that might be the greatest announcement of all time if you ever did that, by the way. I just want to say, I'd sponsor that 100%. Now I kind of want you to come to a Buzz Bars event and do that. Let's see if we can. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of, we do have one coming up in your neighborhood in a, a month from this upcoming weekend, the 23rd yeah. at uh, Hershey Park. Yeah. So, I think I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew yeah, it. Actually, I, I think I'll be fine to Europe for the Euro show because uh, uh, it's around that time. I believe I'm gone that weekend. Well, gotcha. that is convenient timing, sir. <laughs> <laughs> See, now we got you to look up when the Europe, uh, like all the trade shows are, and be like, "Hey, we got an event this weekend. You don't have a trade show here. You don't have a trade show here. Let's go." <laughs> We're, we're we planning our stumbles around Adam Sandy's <laughs> in Orlando or Tampa the weekend before IAPA. So there it is. There it is. There again. It is. Yeah. Do it again. again. <laughs> That'd be a We know you'll be in town. So <laughs> yeah. I, I be love spending more time in Orlando. Yes. Give me right. a <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in Orlando. So what's going on, man? What's what? Oh, oh, you, want, you want me to talk about Top Thrill? Is that what you want? <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, <laughs> we actually, we want to like beat around the bush a little bit. We yeah, I, beat around it. I, I do want to say something. The last time you were on the show was episode mm-hmm. 197. Yeah, it's been too long. And it's, <laughs> it's 10 months ago, uh, give or take. So it is uh, 240 right now. So you are, you are. Um, that was like right after. Year. Yeah, it's been about a year. It's too long. You you need to um, defend your uh, title, Adam. Yes, as everybody's favorite guest as so. the Adam Sandy favorite guest award. <laughs> you have stiff top competition this year. We've had some uh, some great uh, um, you know people on the show recently. So yeah, I mean, especially because like with my one on one with uh, Jake, you know, he is better looking, and they have historically made better coasters. So I'm definitely <laughs> like a you know at a. Get a negative area there, kind of starting against him. So I feel good that I won the first year, but not to really work today to, to hold that title. Uh, well, that's why we appreciate you. Speaking of, <laughs> did you get to ride any RMCs when you were in Japan? I did not. I didn't get down to Nagashima. No. Okay, gotcha. I, I thought I saw Nagashima on there, but I'm, you know, <laughs> I got. I, let you have kids, you know, it just <laughs> escapes your brain every other day. So I feel you. <sighs> All right. Uh, so, actually, one of the first questions that uh, we were so we asked, obviously, our, our lovely fans and viewers, uh, questions for you. Uh, we wanted to, I want to start off with one for uh, you about us. Mm-hmm. We more or less messed up since the last time we interviewed you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that is, that's a legit question. Um, I, I would say you're more messed up, but I think that's really just you guys have found your voice and are comfortable with who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate that. You're like, we're pretty <laughs> fucked up, and we're just going to lean into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, about right. It works. People, <laughs> yeah, people yeah. like it for some reason. So yeah. hey, you know, keep keep it on. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. No need to okay. pretend. <laughs> we're not out here pretending anything. Um, what was your favorite meme um, over the past couple months? Uh, week? Yeah, that was <laughs> day. <laughs> okay, some good fishermen, <laughs> just straight up fishing for answers here. <laughs> I, I did laugh out loud at the T two one. 
<laughs> Wait, the Terminator, the Terminator oh, 2 one. There were so many good uh, T2 ones out there. The, that was the, that was a very good one. That, that, yeah, that was that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I showed a majority of them to my wife, and she just like shook her head because she doesn't really <laughs> understand. The whole, I mean, she she knows about the enthusiast lifestyle, but doesn't quite uh, understand it. So <laughs> she just be like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it. Just laugh." Yeah, just enjoy <laughs> it. We're we're here. We're enjoying it. We're <laughs> oh, uh, man. I, I think the real question I really want to ask you: What do you think of Good Gravy at Holiday World? Ooh. I like the name. <laughs> I like the theme. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Because <laughs> that day was, I, I know you, you were busy, obviously, so you yeah. have to catch it up. That morning was fun because I woke up to Top Thrill 2 being mm-hmm. announced. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then the day was just like, seeing people do this or that. Obviously, we had Meme, meme Factory, uh, Mike mm-hmm. going after things. Um, and then they announced Good Gravy. And I, I, that was the first time at work that I actually physically could not work because I was too giddy to see how crazy everybody was going over a good gravy. <laughs> I have never been that excited for a ride announcement in a long time. <laughs> so now, now it's no. Yeah. It's a great name. It's awesome and everything, but let's talk about it. Top thrill two. Electric T2. Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I have to ask: Did you push for Electric Boogaloo to be added to the name? Uh, I would like it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would show up with some uh, some bell bottoms, some nice seventies clothes, and make it work. So, <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. Do, do we the- have the theme for the stumble next year at Cedar? Oh my gosh, seventies <laughs> merch. Oh, I'm here for it. I'd be down for it. <laughs> Could you uh, just imagine? Could you imagine? So you got to strut, gonna... strut though. You can't just wear. You got to strut when you wear those clothes. Oh, you got to show yes. off. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't be timid. Bell bottoms. You got to rock those out. <laughs> you got to stay with your chest. That's a whole vibe. You get. You, <laughs> yeah. got, you can't just. You can't wander in and just eh, wear it. You got to show it. As, as yeah. someone just publicly embarrassed myself on many occasions, I know. Like you either got to like not have any fear. And just rock it or don't do it at all because there is no middle ground there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait for Mike's wedding. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. I am. Uh, Yikes. Okay. Uh, Mike's going to have things. the. Mike's going to have the ultra skinnies on and Marcus and I are going to walk in with bell bottoms. <laughs> bell bottoms jeans. I'm not even just jeans on. <laughs> Oh, oh my at god! At least like a foot uh, diameter there too. Yes. Oh, minimum. Man, <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to jump off of a, uh, out of a plane and land, <laughs> just land softly with it. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna find like that is now gonna be the theme for like Cedar Point Stumble next year. Seventies, <laughs> we're gonna make you stumble, um, and just yeah, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it and have fun with it and. There it is. If you, Marcus, if you don't wear <laughs> this outfit, oh no, I, I'm oh, sending no. this to you. <laughs> um, oh no, <laughs> I, you know I'm gonna put it in this chat in oh. here. Um, 
So if everybody I can, can see actually it. get this image to pull. Control C, Control V. No, I'm just... <laughs> 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 I was trying to let Adam see it because oh. personally <laughs> that listen, I would rock that out. Hold on. I, I can uh I can let me get this over to Adam. There you go. This is oh my gosh. What we got going on here? It's been, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't pull off a jerry curl though. That's not I don't have I don't have any hair for a jerry curl. But <laughs> what is that even from? Oh gosh. Oh man! It's from Break Into Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> it's actual outfits from outfits from the movie, and that is oh, incredible. That is that is that is a vibe, man. Yeah. Just okay. All leather. Oh, it's it's happening. <laughs> and the hat, the yeah. Civil War hat. Oh man, I'm just, it's, I'm unraveling, dude. <laughs> with with handcuff for belts. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Honestly, though, Cedar Point, mid-July, walking all leather. It's going to smell great. Mm. Oh, gosh. You're going to feel hey. great. Um, you, you, as long as you carry deodorant, you'll be better than most of the people who go to Cedar Point. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Gosh, there's some, some interesting people there. Now, speaking of Cedar Point, obviously, let's circle back. We've tang- tangented. Who would have thought? Um <laughs> You got you got to work with him obviously on Top Thrill too, mm-hmm. um, and you worked with him for uh, Mad Mouse obviously here before. Yeah. Um, so how does it feel to continue to work with such something a park that's legendary, not just to us crazy enthusiasts? Obviously, I me and Mark grew up with it all the time, um, but just <laughs> a park that's legendary just around the world for a number of reasons. I mean, for me, it's been super cool. And I'll step back and say, like, first, as a company, they've just been a really good partner for us, like Cedar Fair holistically. Like, you know, this year we had a bunch of different stuff, like the new Aeronautica section of Carowinds, which I think mm-hmm. turned out great. Like, and, and that's, I think, because of the marriage of their theming and their placemaking. It's, they're not just throwing rides down. They're really saying, how can we, you know, get guests to spend more time be happier and obviously they spend less more money too those are all you know tied together but uh, that approach of really building things that kind of you know the concept of like third place you know it's not your home it's not your work but it's this other place you go to and that's what i really impressed me is uh, at a high level they've really worked to kind of create this third idea of a third place at their parks and so for as a company they've been wonderful you know king's island there um, and then next year, obviously, with um, with Top Throw opening, it, it's really kind of amazing that we're a part of it. And, you know, just kind of getting into their apparatus where they've got their their experience design team, their XDS team, they've got their corporate team and the park. Like there's just a lot of talent and a lot of smart people there. So it's been really fun and good for us as we both of us, you know, the park learns a little bit from us. We learn a little bit from them, but it's been a really good partnership. And, you know, personally for me, uh, I worked on the, uh, in 2014, I worked on the slingshot project there and I was just, you know, I was kind of amazed at that point in my career, like, wow, I did a ride at Cedar Point, you know, it was really cool. But now to be, you know, to be working on arguably the world's most iconic or watched or whatever you want to call it, coaster project has been really next level and certainly something that you know as a little nerd when i was 10 i did not think i'd be doing stuff like this at this park so it's it's pretty <laughs> awesome 
Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, uh, again, for, for for a guy who uh, Mark feels the same way. We we literally grew up with the park. My first mm. coaster ever was there. You know, Raptor up, up front. Mark, you you rode what Wilderness Revenge? What did you ride? Junior Gemini yeah. was that your first ride? No, <laughs> yeah, Junior Gemini Wilderness uh, Wilderness Run. My first big coaster though was Blue Streak. There you go. Oh. Speak of the devil. I'm wearing the shirt. Oh, look at that. <laughs> what a, what are they, it was for you. I see, I do. I knew, I knew. And I mean, for me, Cedar Point was my first coaster trip. Um, yeah. Like, that was, you know, growing up in California, it was Magic Mountain or Cedar Point. Which one's better? And I, I will never forget, I got $29 airfare from LA <laughs> to Chicago gosh. on Southwest oh, back wow. in the day. And my dad and I did a trip. We did Great America and Cedar Point on this, you know, whirlwind couple day trip but cedar point was like you know i got my job i got my first job and that was what i wanted to do first was go to cedar point so like mm-hmm. having iconic attraction that now you guys are working on and that your your name is going to be tied to forever and zamperla is going to be tied to forever it's got to be feel pretty good coming in here and just being like this is a legacy that we're going to have forever it's been great. And, you know, I think it, it's really a testament to a lot of the work that, you know, probably the enthusiast community didn't really know about that we've been doing, you know, because this is it's not like we just sort of turned on a dime and said, hey, we're going to start doing big coasters. This is something the family invested over five years ago to get a big design team, better facilities and really create this kind of autonomous roller coaster business unit. And we've been kind of moving forward with that. Then COVID hit and things went sideways for a while. Um, but then I joined the company and, you know, just part of my job, obviously, is just to talk about our talent. And I think communicate things in a different way because we were a really good company, but we didn't really talk the language of coasters that well before, um, like in 2017, 2018, when we started doing these newer projects like Factory Coaster and the Super Twister. So now... You know, people who have been kind of watching us are, are really not that surprised that, that the park tapped us for this project just because of the things like the lightning train, the things like a, a focus on cost of ownership that I don't think all of our competitors are doing. And it's not a slam on them. It's really because for us, our whole goal was to say when we start doing bigger, better coaster projects, we need to find ways to differentiate ourselves from our competitors. Because if we come up as like, oh, we're, we're Vacoma, but from Italy, what's the point? You know, so <laughs> it, it, there's really been a focus from ownership, from the engineering team on how do we not only create great ride experiences, but how do we differentiate ourselves from our competitors so that we can go in and talk about these things. And, and I do think we have some things like our theming's obviously super good. Um, again, something that is not necessarily talked about enthusiast circles, but um, accessibility for people that use a wheelchair uh, is Mm. something that I'm super proud of because we've got uh, like these doors on our coasters. We call it the easy key system. You basically just open the door. A guest can get in and out of a wheelchair super easy. We actually brought over some of our harnesses from like, if you see the, um, the giant discovery or the super Aries, we actually have a harness where, you know, as you guys know, if, if a guest may be missing a limb they may not be able to ride if they don't have full body control. Now we can actually allow guests that may be missing a limb to use the harness and ride the ride. And that's on a coaster too. So we brought that over from our flat ride side. So there's a lot of those things that, you know, the enthusiast community just doesn't know as much about, but there are things that the company is really focused in on. And, and, 
you know, working with guests that have different challenges is something that was, you know, really important to uh, Mr. Alberto Zamperla uh, when he was with us. And because he's he's donated tons of time and money to Give Kids the World for unique applications there that we've then rolled out to other places. So that was something very close to his heart was ride accessibility. Um, and kind of the last thing I'll touch on that was this, I think in the first six months I was here, I saw a video that we did of uh, a parent and child that visit our park in Italy, just small family FEC. And on the magic bikes ride, the parent kid, uh, the parent was actually able to let their, um, their one son who has a lot of physical challenges ride with his brother. And they were both about 30. And the mom was saying in Italian how in his whole life, he's never been able to get on a ride and enjoy it with his family member. And how cool is that, that we're doing things like that, that, Mm-hmm. bring families together in a very unique way. And so it's a lot of those things that I'm very proud to be part of this company for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, honestly, having, having, I mean, I have a family member, my brother who, who's uh, he's, he's got a um, mental <laughs> disorder and having known a lot of people like that, that actually hits a little closer for me just because I know a lot of people who can't enjoy the things I enjoy. My brother luckily can, but um, I know a lot of people that my brother knows his friends and all that, that, that can't because, they're physically unable to do that, not able to move as much. So knowing that and I, I've seen that, um, it may not have been on a, a, a Zamperla ride, but I've seen that as a thing. And it's good to hear that that is something, especially that um, Zamperla as a company is pushing for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for more inclusivity with more people. And it, it, especially if the companies that you're working with is doing that too, that's actually a good sign. I think for the entire industry mm-hmm. that yeah. to get more inclusivity, more people to come, back more often you're gonna have to get to the people that really want to be there and you're gonna get honestly if my my whole family would go if say my brother had something like that right where he he would Mm -hmm. struggle struggle to get on some rides um we would definitely want to go to a place that had that ability much more and i would say uh, years of having the podcast we've learned so much more about the industry side of things obviously knowing people like yourself um other industry folks over the years that have shed more light on it and going to obviously IAPA helped out too with, with seeing the back and all that fun stuff, but being able to see how the industry works more, especially being grownups, we have <laughs> 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 a kid enthusiasts who cared, Ooh, big coaster. Now it's like, Oh, you know, we all have big, mature, lovely jobs and families. And we're like, Oh, okay, wait a minute. Oh, you know what? There's more things that are more important than yeah. simply just, Ooh, big ride. Yay. It's all these other things that go into a great park. And I think that's what, especially for me, at least that changes my opinion of a park when they don't have that ability to do more for more people or aren't as entertaining for everybody to do everything. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's why we were hypercritical on people criticizing um, places like Dollywood or Cedar point for putting in smaller children sized rides, right? Like, like mad mouse or big bear mountain at Dollywood, because obviously those don't, aren't gigantic coasters, wee big thrills, but they fit. And Cedar Point desperately needed it. And you guys delivered with mm-hmm. a great um, a Mad Mouse. So um, <clears throat> to see a park like that and I wanted to, wild especially mouth. with Wild <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just sitting here waiting. Is he going to catch it? Is he going to catch it? Nope, he's not going to catch it. <laughs> hey, you know, words are tough. I'm just being polite and letting it go. But you can jump in. Oh, feel free to call me <laughs> out. No, no. Yeah, do not be nice. You're, you're okay. I appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> I, I, I get that, Mark, and I think it's also like part of the, you know, at the end of the day, 
I think sometimes enthusiasts forget this is a business, you know, like they are here to make money. So why did Cedar Point put that in? Like to me, it's a really simple story. It's they had two coasters that were at 36 inches to ride. Everything else was 48. So you have this huge gap in the middle of coasters. Mm-hmm. And I saw that personally when I took my kids there for, and I spoke at engineering day at Cedar Point this year. And, um, Kira, who, you know, I, I think on my first podcast here, I, I said she's stubbornly short. She's seven, but she's like um, maybe like 46 and a half inches now, you know, just, just <laughs> yeah. forever to get up to 48. But she could do Wild Mouse and really enjoyed it. And, you know, Dollywood's the same way. Like they, they've always their business model is three generations. It's kids, parents, grandparents. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're going to put obviously the lightning rides in for the thrill seekers, but they're also going to make that same level of investment because their bread and butter is really creating memories. Like that's their tagline. And so they're Mm going to bring, bring in those attractions that maybe grandma and grandpa, they probably will ride. Maybe not. We don't know, but it's very much geared toward getting as many people that come through the front gate to want to get on the rides because you know, lightning ride is a great ride, but obviously they're going to get young adults, some regular adults and teens on it. And so there's, you know, a certain core demo you're going to get with, with some other people too, but something like big bear mountain is great for their business case because it really speaks to a majority of guests that walk through the front gate. And that's what parks really strive to do. And, and I think it makes sense when you look at Cedar point too, they took something that was really family oriented last year. Now they're going into you know, one of their larger thrill investments in quite some time. So they're really speaking to multiple parts of their visitor demographic. You know, they have those families that come, but they also want the thrill seekers to have something because they have planted a flag as kind of a destination for thrill seekers. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, so speaking, because we continue with Cedar Point here with, with top thrill too, of course, um, what were some of the biggest challenges that you guys ran into? when um trying to work if you're allowed to talk about that that is yeah 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 Yeah, no i'd say just from a very practical standpoint the the single biggest challenge was uh putting that those foundations for the vertical spike tower back in the lagoon just because there was a bunch of muck down there you know just it's underwater (laughs) not the prettiest kind of stuff to work with and then we had to work around iron dragon too so we're you Mm -hmm. know we're working with um you know, I think there were probably paper drawings from Arrow at the time because that was what the standard <laughs> issue, you know, stuff was. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, because we do that all the time. I mean, I've worked on projects where, you know, it, it's either paper drawings or I've worked on stuff that are um, even older than that. You know, certainly even I've worked on projects that are essentially they're engineered drawings, but I mean, it's all hand calcs. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it all depends when the ride was made as to what you have to work with. But I, I, I don't the park would tell you better, but I think we basically just, you know, everybody reviewed the arrow drawings and then the park went out and shot it with surveys and everything to make sure it fit. But it was a huge challenge and, you know, they're going to bring, I'm sure some huge cranes in there. It's going to be pretty cool to watch them set it up. So, um, that, you know, for, for the Cedar point webcam fans out there, definitely (laughs) when when they start going vertical on that tower, it's going to be really impressive to watch the, the teams put that together. Oh yeah. If If it's anything like dragster was way back when, that's mm-hmm. all you got to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and, and, so, so and, mo- and with that, I don't think that people realize, sorry to interrupt you, but the other thing with oh, the, no the towers are that people get it, but I don't think they really understand that those towers are essentially the same height as the top hat, you know? 
So mm-hmm. like it's really going to redefine the park skyline. So I think when yes when the ride is fully stood, a lot of people would be surprised just how different that whole area looks. Mm-hmm. So so the morning of the announcement uh, was Iron Dragon closed for a few hours, and y'all basically set those three pillars, the the bottom pieces of the pillars, and then got them in place, and then reopened Iron Dragon. Yeah, so I, I don't, I, I'm trying to remember, because I was there, we were shooting a few things with um, on Wild Mouse, so we weren't at, at Dragster the whole time, but I want to say, like, yeah, I want to say maybe Iron Dragon opened early afternoon, you know, we set those first three column pieces down for the Spike Tower, and then, you know, Cedar Point has to go through their due diligence of getting the ride open and maintenance checks mm-hmm. and ops and all that, so it opened sort of late morning, early afternoon, I think, but yeah, they're, okay. um, they're, they're, you know, kudos to the park. They've been very aggressive on keeping Iron Dragon and everything else around that area as open as long as they can, which while they're daily is certainly challenging, um, yeah. but they're doing a really amazing job of kind of just making sure their guest experience is not that impacted, even with this huge construction project going on. Got it. Yeah. yeah. With, with, tons with all and that- tons of moving parts, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not helped by those gigantic amount of storms that just went through. I don't know if you've seen those videos recently. Yeah, I know. I, I feel bad for the you know the guys are working their butts off to try and you know <sighs> move on this big project. And they have to. I'm sure had to divert some manpower and time and stuff because like the the pictures were just crazy this morning. Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, heck, it was a lot of rain here too, and um, that's the most rain flooded. I've, yeah, that's the most flooded I might have seen Cedar Point in a long time. So mm. they got a lot of rain for a long time yesterday, for sure. So, go ahead, Mark. Okay, so, are you heading there this weekend for the Gerbil? I am not, no. Okay. Mark, no, you I will not. be there, though. Yep, I'm going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> or if you're listening to this on Saturday, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, curious to see how that it's all going to pan out. Because I'm, I'm sure the water's actively draining, but still, they're they're getting more rain tonight. So, mm-hmm. we'll see yeah. how it goes. Those weren't light storms either. Those are some big boys. There was a lightning bolt that landed like half mile away. Oh man! Right after everybody went to bed, literally three kids came downstairs. I, I'm scared. <laughs> like, oh, well, you were just put in bed. No. Yeah, oh, I, I got dude. to a certain point last night, and I was like, "That is a constant state of thunder. Like, there's no stop to the thunder. It's just, <laughs> it's just like constantly rolling." And, and like we, we, I mean, we get severe storms in southeast Michigan, but we don't get storms like that very often. Yeah, that was the first so. time in a while I've dealt with that long of a lightning storm. So, yep. <clears throat> so, the, I think a, a good question, really, to pivot to is, um, you knew about all this obviously well beforehand. Did you enjoy going anywhere to, or listening to anybody talk about <clears throat> not a? Um, speculation <laughs> <laughs> videos, podcasts, anything fun like that about what dragster could be. And do you know of anybody if that you saw that was spot on exactly what you what you were what you were working with? I mean, I'd say I honestly don't remember names, but I know several people were you know very close, and I think that's sort of understandable a little bit just because it was a very set space. So there's, you know, from an engineering perspective, there's only so much you can do in that area. Uh, you know, we, we did appreciate, um, some of them, we laughed at some of them. So was, <laughs> there, there, were, there were several that were passed around. Um, it, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it was, 
it was very funny to watch. And, it, you know, it's I, I've been in a few projects now where I, I get, you know, I was part of it. So I get to know what's going on. And it, it is always a lot of fun just to watch people kind of go crazy and way overthink what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is, you know, again, because I was an enthusiast, like I, I totally get that. Because when I was a kid, I would like geek out over stuff like when i first saw raptor or i think even batman in 92 like oh my god how, how do they do that it's crazy you know and <laughs> yeah. so it's you know it's different with the internet now obviously but there's it, it's still fun to watch people kind of get excited about it even if some obsess a little bit so oh yeah heck in a our buzz bit, bars yeah, just <laughs> just a skosh on this <laughs> yeah in, our, in, our, in the buzz bars discord we literally had to create a new chat just for top thrill because <laughs> <laughs> it was it taken so, up much. so much of the you know the main discussion where you know everything's talked about from everyday life to you know people on trips everything and it was just dragster speculation <laughs> on dragster speculation and there's no way there's, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, I was like, I'm done. You guys Five, go. 500 messages later. It's still <laughs> going. <laughs> go and, and, clouds later or somewhere else, please. <laughs> and that, I think that's the funny thing about the company too, is like, obviously myself and Valerio and Ramon and Antonio, a lot, a lot of us know what a big deal is for the company. It's, it's a watershed moment. Like we did when we did the eight rides for Disneyland Paris in 92, you know, it's just one of those things that's really going to transform the company. But there are a lot of people at the company just because they, you know, they don't live online and coaster forums. They, their job is to do artwork or fiberglass or mechanical stuff at Zamperla. And a, a lot of them understandably don't really understand how big of an impact or how many people are watching this just because it's, it's removed from their day to day. So it's been fun when, when we've, I've talked to them and they're like, Oh, like people know about this or people care about this? I'm like, yeah, you have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it, it no, definitely got to be funny. crazy. <laughs> For sure. Now, a lot of people are also asking about the LSMs, and I, I can't remember which subcontractor people are speculating or whatever, but people want to know are the LSMs going to make that sound? The like, bzzz, kind of noises as the train runs over them? I honestly don't know. It's <laughs> <This is> very <laughs> ran- random-ass question. Very <laughs> random. Can you make that sound again, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for my co-host. Even, even better, I can hear it in my head. I can hear that very clearly in my head. <laughs> so I think Taryn makes the noise uh, the best out of like all the modern launchers. Yeah, I mean, it probably will not sound like Terran because I think uh, Intamin uses their like they own a company that makes their own LSMs. You know, uh-huh. they, they're they're very vertically structured. We're using Intrasys. You know, they're they're kind of the gold standard of that of the LSM motors. You know, they just have been in the game for so long. They're the best, and you know, again, mm-hmm. we're just turning to people who we know are going to perform. And that there was no question we didn't look at anybody else. We just called them. So. Mm-hmm. That's good. Gotcha. So with um, with these trains, obviously they're spectacular looking. The first thing I noticed was these wheels are enormous. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 
What do you know the exact? Because uh, that's one thing I couldn't find. What are the exact dimensions of those wheels? You know, I, I do know them. I don't know if the parts released it, so I'm not going to really sit here. Okay, <laughs> okay that's, that's, all right. But, but <laughs> they're they, big. They, <laughs> they they are. They are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we we had we did a lot of engineering studies, and then that was verified by talking to some other people just about. Uh, with the tr- there's some unique sort of heat dissipation issues with the triple launches, and we're obviously going very big, so hmm. we we went very conservative uh, on the wheel size. So, you know, and and it's really not a engineering in terms of safety. It's really engineering in terms of we're trying to minimize the amount of wear on the wheels. That's really the goal. Mm-hmm. So, really making the wheels as the the hubs as big as possible. Now we can really keep the uh, hopefully keep downtime to a minimum, you know, cost of ownership to a minimum. And that's really the driving factor behind that design choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do remember way back when they were talking about Dragster and obviously how much it's cost over the years to maintain and the issues that they've had and let's change this experience to be better. Um, and that's why when they announced it was closing, they're going to redo it. It was no surprise to anybody who's been paying attention um, that they were going to do that and to see what they're doing now, especially because I remember waiting in 2003 for four and a half hours <laughs> just to get one ride on that bad boy. Um, and obviously it blew my mind then, but um, later years, you know, it'd break down. It's like, do I even want to wait? Cause you know, cause especially the more you ride it, you know, it's going to be down for 45 minutes and go wait in another line for, you know, millennium forces line. That, mm-hmm. that thing's always moving. What am I, mm-hmm. why am I waiting here? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. So any I, I, any 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 wins on the downtime front? Any way to minimize that's a, a huge win for the park. Oh yeah, sure. and, and that that was you know the the park obviously in addition to reimagining it, then we had certain design criteria, and certainly uptime was a big part of that. So we've worked with them very closely just to make sure that they're making this big investment, giving their guests a pretty awesome experience, and they want as many people to get on as possible. So mm-hmm. we've worked a lot with them to really work to make sure that. It's going to be um, have as the best uptime it possibly can. That that's been a kind of a critical design factor for us. Love it. Awesome. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna blank on the name, and Marcus, you can judge me. I don't really care. Oh, you're talking. Uh, <laughs> last year, or maybe it was two years ago. Yeah, um, San announced you were redoing an Intamin accelerator coaster. And relocating it to PNE. PNE. There we go. I could not remember PNE. Um, when that when that was announced, a lot of people began speculating of, oh, could this be something in the future? Now, um, is that project? How is that project? I'm shifting away from top thrill for a second. Mm-hmm. Is that project still looking because it was 24 that it was announced for initially. Is that still trending to be for 2024 and how's that looking? And is that kind of a baseline of, you know, that's where kind of conversation started? If you can divulge that at least. Uh, I mean, I would say like for that project in particular, like trains, track columns, or I think LSMs are all on site. Um, so we're, we're kind of in good shape there and they just really have to stay on the ride and we have to commission it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no, it was really just, that was a really kind of one of a kind unique opportunity where, um, we ended up buying 90% of the attractions there at that park in Italy, just that it closed because, and a majority of them are Zamperla. So when we just actually got the coaster and then I think another piece, maybe a flume that weren't from us. Um, and, but we just decided like, well, 
we've got these trains, we've got the design. Why don't we just offer that just because we were able to buy it? You know, not coasters aren't cheap, <laughs> even if they're used. So, but we got it. And then, you know, they're getting sort of like the critical things new, the, the trains, the control electrical systems um, are all going to be new and the tracks engineered for, you know, essentially infinite life. So that's the stuff that's going to last a long time. It, it's sort of the things that will, you know, need new components or what they're buying new. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, um, I think, and they've shared, I think, pictures on their social of a lot of ride components on site. So, yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. And um, just, you know, for that ride, it's it's 18 meters, like 60 feet tall. So different world than, than Top Thrill, obviously. But for that park, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to have the same sort of thing where it's going to redefine the guest experience. So they've got that great, awesome wooden coaster that they have and this is going to really complement it quite well for their thrill seekers there and for us just they you know peony has been historically a good partner for Zamperl. we opened the griffin a few years ago we've got a lot of family flat rides there and for them to choose us to work with uh, has been you know big honor and it's just I, we're really excited to get that up and running too next year mm-hmm. love yeah, it and that park it's really going to go through a transformation uh, as they continue to work on their expansion going to be fun to watch for sure yeah they've got really good leadership there and are really tuned into their like the local market you know they do a lot with the fair a lot of the international visitors they're they're really tuned into like cedar point is you know who their guests are what they want and thinking about long-term planning and i think that's sort of been the interesting for, thing for me coming out of covid where um historically a, a lot of times in our industry especially in the u.s people kind of did a lot of short-term plans. They talk about long-term planning, but would plan, would actually execute short. Um, but we've really talked to a lot of clients and part of it's our portfolio, but a lot of people come to us saying, you know, let's talk about our five years and we'd like to talk about three or four of those years with you guys, just because you kind of check every box. And it also is nice for customers, you know, they're once they're in our ecosystem of spare parts and after sales service and all those things, it also is easier for them, you know, just to deal with one company, one contact for a ride installation after sales mm-hmm. service, as opposed to going with somebody new every year. So, it, you know, P&E has done, a, it's been really impressive how they're, they're really thinking, you know, okay, we're, we're going to plan out to like 2030 and how do we look at cash flow and what rides we choose and guest satisfaction, all those things, and really working on a, a plan to grow all those metrics over a long-term plan. Love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> you dying there, Marcus? Uh, I, I'm something. <laughs> <always. laughs> um, so is that an appropriate call for the time to get refill my whiskey? Uh, so. <laughs> good. I, I actually just had a, a, a quick question. The, yes. um, uh, the lightning trains that you're using on Top Thrill 2, um, that's the, the, a unique model that hasn't been used anywhere else, correct? Uh, so it, like dimensionally, um, it, it will be different than P and E, but you know, from a, from a high level standpoint, it's going to be very similar. Um, gotcha. so we have those two and then we've got also, let me look at my notes cause I can never remember. Um, let's see if I can find it. We have a park yet. Yeah, um, uh, Huanchi Garden Expo Park, we have another lightning opening next year in 24. So it's one of the vertical lift ones. So uh, that, that's kind of the, that has the four cross seating on it because that's what we're using on the lift versions. Um, and that's going to be, it's essentially engineered for the lightning train, but the Coney Island layout. So mm, it's, okay. it's that layout, but uh, done with the lightning train and the lightning track and the calc. So 
uh, it's going to be kind of a, a nice feather in our cap with these other two launch coasters to have people who, you know, especially if they've ridden the older Thunderbolts to ride that, I think it's going to be a very night and day difference in terms of their experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Good. Now, now I, Speaking of Thunderbolt, now will these lightning trains be able to run on those older models? Is that something that's possible with this new train design, or is that something that's you know unique track shape, unique track gauge, and everything where they won't be able to be modified to run on those tracks? Man, I, I wish they could. I wish they could. <laughs> uh, but it, it's really you know a factor. Of the the old ones, those were you know like three by three, really a very different center of gravity, very different dynamics. So unfortunately, no. I mean, if we could do it, I certainly would. But um, really, there's no way we can be. I mean, I, I think the good thing for us, and it's, again, just shows sort of what ownership was up to, is we invested so much and changed so much to improve the ride quality and the train quality from the Thunderbolts that we can't use them. But I think it's also impressive sort of, you know, what, what you're seeing on the show floor as our thrill platform now versus what we introduced uh, a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I'm excited to, for those trains. Those things too. I mean, they look comfortable when we were at IAPA. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I got just a chance to sit in one. I think I got a picture of you, Mike, in there. Or are you just yeah, raising abso- front of it? No, we both absolutely sat in. I don't I believe it at all. four by f- was was the four by four? four yeah, it was, it was the four by two. It was the prototype train for the four across. And yes, you did sit in it. You brought me beer and you sat in it. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was a long yeah, week. That was a long week. Oh, one hundred percent. I do remember that. I remember going, "Hey, here you go." Uh, it's a long week for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure no. you were. You were just relaxed. Yeah, you were just relaxed. You're chilling, yeah. having a beer in the back. I you mean, know? you were drinking beer, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> No business, nothing going on. Just, hey, you know, I, I, work, I, I work. I work for an. I've worked for Germans and Italians. I mean, they, they, no one. Re- as long as I'm selling, they don't care if I'm having to drink while I'm doing it. So it's fine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Sounds about right. I'm in the wrong field. <laughs> yeah, we got a, you got so many openings. Hold on. <laughs> um. It. So so you know you've talked about this a little bit previously, but Zamperla as a company has gone on a you know, you talked about five years ago, the change that you guys have started to shift, kind of looking into getting into that throw ride market, getting into those larger coasters. Was there a, you know, turning point internally where there was a discussion? Was it, you know, a new team that was brought on? How did that change start to begin from having, you know, the 80 STD models to now we're talking about working on Top Thrill 2 and these larger coaster models? How did, how did that evolve over that time yeah for us i think it was we were we were doing coasters but we were doing them like the velari and the moto coaster with the same philosophy as a flat ride like because our, our whole thing was when we did coasters back then they were all on stand-up bases you know so they could be affordably installed they were pretty compact and so really our sales pitch back in the day was you know if you want a discovery if you want a, a family kitty ride package um, if you want a thrill ride or a coaster, we can provide all those. But we weren't really thinking as coaster designers. We were thinking as people who did good mechanical engineering. I mean, I, I will say like Valare is obviously not a great ride, but from a, a longevity perspective, they're still running and still relatively low maintenance. So I'm not saying they're the best guest experience, but 
we had a lot of, you know, boxes checked on the mechanical side, but the <laughs> guest experience wasn't great. And really what ownership said was, look, we need to make a decision. We need to either be fully in on the coaster game or get out of it. Because, you know, if you're in the middle of the road, you're dead. There's no point in being good enough on the coasters, but we only get a few and they're not that great. So they, they really made the decision to uh, about like it, after the Thunderbolt opened at Coney, um, they said, OK, that's that's a good investment. I mean, it's, it's made a ton of money for the park, but we think we can do better. And then we started really evolving on kind of coalescing our our. Uh, roller coaster team and also segregating them a little bit so they weren't just part of the bigger company like it actually our roller coaster business unit we call it that not just a division because it actually operates autonomously from the company we use all the resources mm -hmm. but we have a team that it's you know if we get busy on the flat rides they're not going to pull away people from the coasters just to accommodate them they are specific coaster engineers and that's what they're doing full-time now so that was a big part of it um, and the other big thing was really just having our own facilities. So we're, you know, doing a lot of work like the, the coast of China we did in Slovakia at our facility there for track. Uh, so that was also too. So we had some really good engineering, but as I say, kind of our, what I call our engineering to production pipeline, kind of getting that, those numbers exported into actual bending of track was not where it should be. And so we said, okay, we're kind of tearing down that process. And that was all Alberto Ferry. He's our engineer who runs the roller coaster business unit he said we're going to break it all down start over and make sure we're putting out better track that really represents what we're capable of from an engineering perspective mm -hmm. i like that so with that comes obviously new projects i did see after <laughs> looking up the uh Thuzy database uh, that there's one at uh you're building more and more <laughs> i never thought of it. calling it roller coaster database uh, you got one in um, uh, China coming in too. Uh, another lightning model upgraded version of the Thunderbolt. Um, how interactive were you with that park, Dinosaur DreamWorks, and getting that rolling over there? Uh, so that that was actually not as much me. That was really Davide who runs that part of the world. So that was I was kind of coming in as that was happening. Okay. Um, uh, but you know, I think that's been. Kind of our, we've had a lot of success in China, um, and even our our last Thunderbolt we opened there at Fancy City in 2021. Like, if you go ride that again, Thunderbolt trains are not my favorite, but if you look at the accelerometer, like the actual, um, the theoretical versus the actual, we're pretty much spot on. Like, we're exactly where we need to be. So, the the ride is really good. The trains are okay. And that's kind of the, the other problem we're solving with the lightning trains. But, you know, we're, we're definitely having a lot more conversations where when I started, it was people would either laugh or just be like, oh, like, OK, yeah, we'll talk about a coaster. Great. You know, and now <laughs> it, and even before Top Thrill, it's been once people kind of understand the work we've done, the money we've invested and also the team we have, because the team is the most important. You know, we have a great sales team. Mm -hmm. We have a great engineering team. Um, it's funny because the first six months I was here, a lot of people were like, oh yeah, that that'll great. You can sell some kitty coasters, and you know, not long after that, it's really pivoted to us talking to a lot of world class clients around the globe about small, medium, big coasters. So we're we're seen now as less of okay, they they kind of dabble in coasters or, or do some big ones and 
it's not consistent to now just people come to us for coasters on a regular basis. There's been a huge perception shift in the industry just because people are understanding all that work we put in five, seven years ago, you know, and, and that works really come to fruition where I'm just having a lot of great conversations with our sales team members about coasters with clients. And really the conversation is, okay, talk to us about your availability. Talk to us about your production schedule you know, how can we fit you in? So it's been really fun and rewarding to see. And, and I'm really super happy for all of our coaster team members just because there's been, you know, it's a really big ship to turn for coasters because you don't do a lot and they're really complicated and just take a lot of manpower to make happen. But I'm super happy that all these coaster team members that put in all this work before I got here we're really making these things happen now and some really pro some unique projects like high point that, you know, if five years ago you would say, Hey, is Ampro going to do that? Probably not. Now it's where, when you talk to customers, especially they're not really that surprised that we're doing hype or we're doing um top thrill. We're doing other rides, you know? So they're, they're the ones come to us saying, I have this crazy idea. Can you do it? I have this custom <laughs> coaster. Can you do it? So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's it's and it's funny because the the reaction to Top Thrill Two, especially for for <laughs> that it was it's like people chose when they heard Zamperla that I think the enthusiast community is like three years behind the actual people that make the good decisions, <laughs> not understanding that Zamperla is a thing. They're gonna kick some ass when they do it, so trust that they're going to be good at it right it's they're like wait a minute what do they do they made they made mad mouse what <laughs> that's it wild mouse seeing mike just lean over and just be like wild mouse <laughs> wild mouse <laughs> it's killing me it is wild mouse what why do i keep saying mind mouse fanboy that's what it is <laughs> There's so many articles near me. I can't adventure. help it. That's just what it is. The dumpy cat. The dumpy cat coaster. The dumpy um, cat coaster. Um. <laughs> All right. I can glad you agreed to come back at him. It is oh, refreshing. Man. Yes. <laughs> No, no, no place I'd rather be on my birthday than talk with you two fools. So. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Okay. Oh. Well, okay. While Marcus re recollects himself from that, you know, the dumpy cat recalibrating, um, <laughs> recalibrate. Go wild um, mouse. Wild mouse, not mad mouse. Yep. I see. There's another daddy pig coming in. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm obsessed about Daddy Pig Coaster. Literally, I move away from Texas this summer, and you put it less than a mile away from my favorite brewery. Will you be there for opening day? And can I buy you a beer? And I will meet you there. If deal, deal. Twist my arm. I'm going. I mean, I'm literally wearing the shirt right now. Come that's, on. that's true. It, it's some summer on with you. Okay, Marcus, continue your question of actual real questions. Wow. Ask really... more about Mad Mouse. Sure. Mad Mouse <laughs> was a big investment. <laughs> so um, have you guys <laughs> – look at this guy. He ran away crying. 
Uh, have you? <laughs> Have you guys felt we haven't had video before, uh, Adam? So this is you getting a different interaction now. <laughs> I've always had video with you guys. You don't remember anything, do you? I don't. No, really doesn't. <laughs> What's going on? I don't. Know. The first time I was on, I was like, "Am I being video?" Because I look like shit. You're like, "No, don't worry about it. We're not using the video." <laughs> I do not remember anymore. My mind's melted. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so have you felt the impact? of Top Thrill 2 with other projects as of yet from from other companies, other parks, approaching Zamperla for other rides? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Coaster, I mean, Coaster is so different because they're, they're really long lead times. You know, it's not like yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. out to IAP and whipping up five contracts. So <laughs> it's a bit different. Um, but uh, to me, the big thing is that Cedar Ferris, you know, is such a trusted brand company. Um, and that we are in talks with a lot of different people around the world about, you know, all different sizes of coaster projects, small, medium, large. And so what the effect it's had is really when we're talking to clients about whether it's new concepts or large projects, it's certainly us working with Cedar Point on a record-breaking coaster has added a, a new era of validity to us to say, they've bought in on all these improvements like the lightning train that we're doing. And we're certainly having much deeper conversations much faster because we're involved in a record breaking project like that. Gotcha. That that's what I was, I was thinking happened. Obviously that's why I asked the question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you, so I, I'm not seeing, of course, there's Thuzy base. Um, I'm not seeing huge, huge projects. Do you, I know you can't tell us why, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you what, but, directionally, <laughs> yeah, directionally, um, what big projects that you were really super excited about are on the horizon over the next year or two that that um, that are in the USA that you're excited about? <laughs> you can say it's one I'm excited about, and it's going to be great. So I'd say for me, it's, it's less about the USA. Like the two I'm excited about are we have our first family throw launch coaster opening at 25. And I can't say where it is not in the US, but that's all I can say. So okay. we're okay. super excited about that. So that that's the one where we offer the truck, the sidecar or the motorcycle vehicle options oh, and multiple yeah. launches. So yeah. uh, the big difference with us from our competitors is that it's a 42 inch height requirement just because we can do 48. We can do a thrill platform. That's no problem. But I've personally seen, as I've said, just that hole at 42. So we're trying to say, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something broad appeal, going back to like Big Bear Mountain, that same demo, we can hit that also. And we're doing that with the family throw launch. So that's going to be out there. And, and the one we're doing is going to be, I would say, probably have worldwide publicity when it opens. So we're super excited Ooh, about it. All right. Uh, but the other cool thing we're doing is, you know, yeah, we do have those 88 standard small family coasters out there. We're actually introducing the 92 meter. So it's an updated version. So like, um, so, you know, your favorite daddy pig has the, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, booster wheel lift, individual lap bars, mag brakes, you know, just general upgrades that are important as we kind of, as a company keep investing. And so we're reintroducing that, that smallest model we're going to have two of those opening next year, and we have several more we're talking to. And and so I think that's sort of what also represents a Perla, right? It's not 
we're not just doing record breakers. We're not just doing kitty coasters. It's we're doing a little bit of everything right now in terms of what people are looking for and really trying to lean into our wheelhouse of certainly family kitty stuff, but also the thrill rides. But, you know, I, I think the integrated rides that we've opened, like at Wallaby Holland, Adventureland, like those are very much Zamperla projects because you have the flume or you have the magic bikes and the junior coaster. And so those have been great for us because they kind of take our strength in flat rides, combine them with the new coaster strength and put us in a different market position than most of our competitors have. Because we have, obviously, there's a lot of good coaster manufacturers out there, but a majority of them don't make flat rides when they make a handful. And for us, we've got over 90 rides in the active portfolio. So if you want to build a whole park, we can actually do that now and give you great thrill rides, great water rides, great kitty rides. So we're, we're a very different company than we were a decade ago. And I think that's what's very exciting for us is that on the coaster side, we can not only do great coasters, but we can work them to really give you a great portfolio of attractions. And, you know, we do, as I think I talked about my first time on the podcast, we spent a lot of time talking to clients. And so when we come up with a ride like the Nebulous and when we talk to Hershey Park and they say, yeah, like the ride has increased guest traffic, guest satisfaction, and guest per cap spending in this area around the ride immensely. We can take that back out to our clients and say, like we had with one specific client, if you buy this coaster and this nebulous, you're not only going to increase your guest satisfaction, you're going to make more money. And what park doesn't want to hear that? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, we're there again, there are a lot of good coaster companies out there, we're, but we're not trying to be Intamin. We're not trying to be B&M. We're trying to be Zampro and really kind of doubling down on our strengths as with our space in the market and really owning that quite well. Now, I, I don't remember. I know it was right around the same time as the Top Thrill 2 announcement, but the concept art, you know, the, the tease of that multi-launch with the lightning trains. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks fantastic, and I know that that garnered a lot of interest from, you know, us. Is that, is that one, I mean, you know, Seeing a coaster like that, you know, it looked like it was a more compact layout where you could get some utilization out of that. Is that something that has been, you know, hopefully are we going to see that soon? Is that something that, you know, was that very strategically timed? I mean, I'm assuming it's strategically timed dropping that right when Top Thrill 2 is announced at the same time of like, hey, here's also what we can do. Um, Can you tell us a little more about that layout and that design? Yeah, I mean, and honestly, that one is a lot of kudos to Federico. He's one of our designers, um, young dude. I mean, young, I, I'm really fucking old and I'm 45 today, so that's depressing. <laughs> um, but he, he's like 25, you know, same thing as me, though. Like, he loved coasters, wanted to do this for a living, and he's the one who kind of really came up with that layout. And, yeah, I mean, we are actively talking to multiple clients about it right now just because, you know, they, they really see it and they're saying – it speaks to a lot of the things they're looking for, whether it's airtime inversions, it looks different than what we've done, but also as out there in the industry, but also mm-hmm. the capacity. I mean, just having three trains where we think you can realistically get 12 to 1300 people per hour consistently mm-hmm. on that coaster. That is very enticing to a lot of buyers. So it, there's been a lot of interest quite quickly on that model. Excellent. Good. 
I'm, ha- I'm happy for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so, so earlier you were talking about Cedar Point and mm-hmm. um, and Cedar Fair, uh, a great there to work with. Obviously, is is has anybody else you've really just um, loved, absolutely adored working with from from start to finish over the last couple of years? I mean, I'll, I'll again sort of circle back to that one because they're they're. It, it's so this project is just so big, you know. It's been really a lot of fun. I mean, I will say, like, we haven't worked on the Lateland coasters, but I've always enjoyed working with Hershen. Um, just the the people at the park level and the corporate level are always a lot of fun. I, I did a lot of work with them at Ride, and um, every project was just a blast because a lot of that process was kind of coming up with what worked, and but then going into after the contract was signed, much more granular detail about, okay, we have a, we have a framework contract, but how do we make this the best guest experience possible? And so it's always fun for me to work with clients like that who are not just saying, okay, bought it, it's done great, but saying, okay, we, we know what's going to cost, but if we have to spend a little more to make it great, how do we do that? You know, that, that as a salesperson, obviously I like that, but <laughs> as a person who loves parks and a person who loves taking my families to parks, I enjoy having that conversation with people of saying, okay, we think what you did is really good, but how do we make it better? You know, just because with my ego, sometimes I go in and I'm like, this is awesome. But then they're like, well, it's good, but like, we'd like to change this or, and change that. And that's, what's been really fun about Hershey is they, as a partner um, for me, they've really pushed us to make great projects and great products. So it's, they've been a lot of fun to work with. Yeah, you could tell that with Hershen over the years. They just—that's something they push really hard for. Mm-hmm. Is is is? It feels like a gigantic experience. It's not like you're plopping down a mm-hmm. a generic ride and just hey, new rides open, yay! They're like, hey, here's a new land with everything and its mother here, new, brand new, interactive with new restaurants, new ride, new you know kitty rides, new stations to do this and and all this fun stuff. So that's I think that's what makes the at least. Enthusiast community really love Hershen mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is, is that specifically so, and they've really succeeded obviously with the, the number of parks that they have and um, what they do really well. So, yeah, and, and I think for them, you know, you look at Silver Dollar, you look at Dollywood, and they really create unique experiences in both of those properties that don't mirror the other. At this point, they're kind of each going in their own direction. Yeah, um, but I think they they really listen and serve their guests in a, a really great way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Wait. Yeah. Now this next question, I'm I'm going to deviate a little bit, and I heard you mentioned log flumes a little bit ago. Now we're we're seeing obviously roller coasters. You see a ton of refurbishments on them, major refurbishments, uh, breathing new life into them, and we're starting to get some parks that are doing the same thing with their flumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see this becoming a trend? I mean, honestly, I think we're almost past that point with flumes because we've seen a lot of parks take them out. And so a lot of parks have taken out some combination of the shoot to shoot flume and uh, like shoot to shoot flume rapids. You know, if you look at those, they've taken out in some places, all of them are two out of three. And so Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot more people come to us and saying, we want to have that that water ride experience in the dry park because a lot of them lean super heavy on the water park for the, for the wet ride attractions and kept the dry park really dry. And, you know, 
if, if you're in Texas or if you're in a lot of places in the U.S. right now, summer is hot. You need water rides. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, as a company, we're definitely seeing a lot of people coming to us and I'm, I'm sure other manufacturers, too, saying we want to offer that water ride experience in the dry park. What can we do to help that? And, you know, at Adventureland, we did it with the Superflume. Um, Big Waves has been super popular. That's probably we've had more inquiries on that in the last 12 months than almost anything else. So a lot of interest there. Um, so, the, I mean, that ride in particular, I, like I wasn't a believer in until I wrote it. Once I wrote, I'm like, this thing is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just such a small footprint for mm-hmm. such a, you know, you get the drop tower aspect with the water and it's just a, I'm assuming pretty high capacity on that as well is what you can, what you can pull off. And yeah, I mean, I'm not getting the Texas summer anymore, but I've got a lot of friends who keep reminding me of how hot it is there. (laughs) Oh, Hey, text me. Oh, it's, we just finished practice and it's 120 degrees at 9 PM. I'm like, I'm good. (laughs) No, it sounds great. Sounds, sounds awesome. I'm totally missing that right now. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, I guess, you know, just, just going back to Cedar Point a little more in this project. Um, showing up, you know, you, you mentioned to us that you you flew back from Japan. You were on the ground for 60, 72 hours, whatever, whatever it was. That short amount of time before you had to fly back. How surreal was it at that point, you know, it's been something that you, you've known about for, for as long as the project's been going on and you're walking in the park ready for announcement day and all the, you know, everything that's finally coming to light. What was that moment like where you're able to finally let that breath out and just like relax a little bit and now you're able to talk about it? Was that like just a weight off the shoulders or was that just like, you know, culmination team, hey, we did this, this is awesome, but we have so much more to go still. Yes. No, I mean, honestly, for me, like it it was great because we have such a good team and I was really excited that, you know, I'm in a very fortunate position where I get to sort of be the mouthpiece for the coaster division and kind of be out there in front with a lot of people. Um, But it was I was really happy for them. I mean, our engineers have spent so much time making this happen you know, just really working their asses off because doing something like this from an engineering perspective is not easy as you guys know, you know, it's it's a lot of time and effort to make a project like this happen. It's, It's a big lift. So I was super proud and happy for my team to be able to just be out there as their, their voice essentially talking about all the work they've done. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we still have a lot of work to do too. So it's, it's really cool to do the announcement, but like, I cannot wait for May of next year. I I just can't wait because, and and that part of that's because I think some of the things that I don't want to say were overlooked, but some of the stuff like this, I I think the best part of this new ride is going to be spike. Like I am a firm believer in that after having ridden Pantheon and doing that spike, I think, looking down 300 feet as you kind of float in your seat and then you get launched to over 120 miles per hour. I think that's going to be great. So I, I do like for your, not your enthusiasts, but for your average guest that is going back to Cedar Point, like, Oh, I want to ride top thrill again. 
I think they'd be blown away by this ride experience. And I, I just, I can't wait to be there opening weekend and just watch rider reaction. Cause I'll pretty much be planted at the exit gate, yeah, <laughs> listening to people, what they say. And, and I really, I'm usually a little like trepidatious about making predictions on things, but I think because Cedar fair just said, give us the best coaster we can, the craziest coaster we can, knowing the limitations they have on space. I think it's going to be an amazing ride experience and it's a lot of pressure, but also a lot of fun for our team to be, you know, this is arguably the, the most watched coaster installation since top throw went in in 03 or 02, 03. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's certainly a lot of pressure, you know, working for, with a great company like Cedar fair, but I, it's a lot of fun. And I think that the guest experience at the end of this in one year, you know, as they were closing out their first summer, I think they're going to be thrilled with what their guests thought. And I think their guests are going to be amazed by this new ride experience that is very different from the old one, but is really awesome in its own way. Yeah. Especially after having more launches around, right. With, with, as you said, Pantheon, um, we mentioned Taryn earlier, right. Um, Velocicoaster, all these new launchers out there feeling that, but amped up to the, to the 300th degree with, with, mm-hmm. with dragster, I almost called it dragster, with <laughs> is going to be a, a, a new experience for all of us. Cause I mean, I've ridden, I know, I, mean, I know me and Mark have ridden it dozens of times. So, uh, to go back and try something new and different, but then go, go, still going 120 miles an hour, which is still insane to think about. Um, mm-hmm. Is, is going to be a, an experience itself. So, I mean, I think it's insane to think about, but to me, even more insane is that second launch is you're going to, you know, have a, a rollback down the hill, 100 mile per hour launch backwards up that spike. I think that sequence is just going to like wow people. Like, I, to me, that's going to be the thing, you know, where yeah. like, oh shit, this is awesome. I, I really yeah. am a firm believer in that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people have gotten on Pantheon by now, but no one knows what it feels like to go backwards at a hundred miles an hour, or no. us included. So yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to take people by surprise. I think the spike's going to be the best part of the ride. I, I, I think a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised by the whole package. I think the, the, just like the hang time, that zero G that you're going to get on that reverse spike is going to be so, Mm-hmm. Like a shock for so many people is like yeah. not realizing it. It's like you're just going to be sitting there, just hovering for a while, quiet. Yeah. As you're, as you're looking fun. down at Power Tower, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think that's the other thing that like we we as enthusiasts forget sometimes is like you know your casual visitor that comes. Millennium Force is a crazy thrill for them. And so the fact that there'd be basically millennium forces height looking down at power tower, and then it accelerates in that third launch. I think that's going to be an amazing experience for your average park goer. You know, we're, I think we're all a little bit jaded on coaster experiences because, because <laughs> of what we do and what we enjoy. But, you know, for that family that goes for that thrill seeker that goes, that is like a Cedar point fanatic. I think they're going to be blown away by just, oh man, like I, I am 300 feet in the air looking straight down and power tower is 50, 75 feet below me. I was like, wow, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I was going to say, oh, yeah, you're looking down at Millennium Force, which, like, for most people, that is, like, the pinnacle of roller coaster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you're looking down at it before launching again and accelerating. That's going to be... Oh, yeah. It's going to be pretty awesome. I mean, think about it. I mean, the other rides around it, too, right? Rougarou, looking down on Iron Dragon. Yeah, you're, you're literally over Iron Dragon's track. Because yeah, the, yeah. The, your visual perspective, you are just looking straight down on it. Yeah, and you've got Rougarou by a solid probably 150, 200 feet, feels mm-hmm. like. It's like, wow, I'm that high. And you can kind of feel that when you're on Power Tower, but obviously that's a totally different experience, right? So yeah. if you're even on that side here, you get that full, you know, 180 degree view of just everything below you. Not even counting if the fact if you looked up, you would see a 420 foot tower right in front of you that you're on the flyover. So it's crazy to think about how that's going to feel. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Especially for, for those who think, eh, you know, what's, what's the big deal, right? Um, not that we're that people, by the way. No. <laughs> but because uh, obviously with, with LSMs, it's not, it's not a hydraulic launch. Um, and that's the big, the big thing that people are hitting on. It's like, well, hold on. First, first of all, back up, beep, beep. Right? <laughs> this is still 120 miles an hour. And I don't hear people complaining about Red Force. Which that's going over 100 miles an hour. So mm-hmm. They're actually the same mm-hmm. thing, but guess what? They said, "Screw you! Let's add a little more." <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, other than that, uh, I'm curious: uh, Are you going to wait 10 months to get back on the show? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you guys can invite me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so we had this invite out for a while, and then you know you you had to be busy and doing your job, right? And uh, yes. yeah, gotta you make know. that cheddar. <laughs> cheddar. Oh there, man, there's a reason it's a dumpy cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate myself. I, I, I apologize. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, no, no I don't. you don't. Not at all. Um, no, <laughs> so I, you know. Very, I know we're very excited. You know, we're going to be having an event out at Cedar Point next year uh, with Buzz Bars for this coaster. Uh, Stumble to Electric Boogaloo or something along those lines. <laughs> so I can see Marcus in the in the leather jumpsuit. Let's go. Uh, I, I really hope to see all of you in the leather jumpsuit. Yeah, Mike. Don't be scared. I I don't know. If Cedar Point is ready for that, or if they welcome us back, <laughs> I would love. We, I'd love to wear. By the way, I'd love to wear that tie, Abba. That could be our starter. You want to? Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> just walking the just, floor with a leather jump unzipped. Let the hamburger meat hang out a little bit. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. Like, if you've got the strut, they can't say anything. You're living it. You're you're yeah. You're, yeah. you're you're living in that world, knowing that that is a fit. And that it feels good. Not really, but it feels good. <laughs> the look is good. Mike, I'm changing your outfit for the wedding. You're wearing this, I swear. I'm not. You, I'm really not, but I appreciate the sentiment. Listen, I appreciate I'm going to start texting Kelly. Hold on. <laughs> oh my God. You can use the handcuff belt in many different ways, so it's great. <laughs> Ideas. I mean, throwing it around. 
<laughs> Incredible. This, this best man speech is just keep getting better and better. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> I'm in danger right now. Oh, it's gonna be that is, that is all I can feel. Um random question, not related to Top Dill 2. What is your most anticipated roller coaster that you have not been on that you look forward to getting on in the future? Oh shit, that's a good question. Um <laughs> And why is it Tyga? Oh my god. <laughs> Simp. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it I'm does not, look like a fantastic ride. <laughs> you know, that that one looks really good. Hmm. <laughs> now, now I gotta sit and think on this. <laughs> I, honestly, I think the um the Intamin motorcycle coaster or whatever. I don't know what the, how they brand it, but the one at, at Fuji get that just opened. I think that looks really oh. fun and different. Oh yeah. What's that called? I don't even know. Is it like Zocco or something? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it'd be at energy landia. Yeah. <laughs> Zocon. Z- 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 it looks like Tron. But here, I'll post it in chat for you guys. Yep, I found it. What are we? Who are we? What kind of planning do we have here? I didn't even know they built a new coaster, so that shows how much I'm paying attention. I mean, it's Fuji Q. I mean, when are you going to get there? I I think everyone saw that it was rumored to be a motorbike and just kind of wrote it off. Yeah, they're like, "Eh, motorbike. If you look at some of these curves, there's there's some pretty intense banking on these. Uh, now I gotta go look up a POV. Hold on, yeah, a POV I got- out there. Yeah, I mean, and just for me, for me, like, I is it the best coaster ever? I don't know, but like, I'm always looking for unique experiences, and it definitely looks very different than anything I've seen out there. Oh for yeah, sure. hell, I mean, the, the I'm just looking at the one next to it. I mean, Fuji Q is one of like my bucket list oh, parts. It's, it's definitely yeah. right next to it. So yeah, I mean, also, yeah. I mean, if if the um, uh, motorbike at Tarion Lake was as good as it was. I, this looks just incredible. So I mean, that that is the best motorbike coaster ever at Duran Lake. So yes, <laughs> that one, we were all shocked. Well, I we wasn't because I'd been on it before. Well, but. You had been on it. But like, I hadn't <laughs> been on it. You know, yeah, I, I did not realize this had a switch track and went backwards. Holy crap! Yeah, right. What? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, the the Darien Lake one, I had ridden Pony Express earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> few months beforehand and i was like oh they had a pretty good launch but other than that like it's a ride that exists and then moto coaster had an even better launch and it's like wow the rest of this ride is pretty awesome actually yeah you get some airtime some cheese on that thing what is what is this what (laughs) What? okay you have shed a a new light for us good sir wow I guess we have another coaster to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say the best coaster at that park is still a Togo, in my opinion. Really? I, um, Fu- Fujiyama is crazy. Is it? It's, so it looks, it's so good. It looks like a special ride. That's for sure. It's so good. Yeah, that's that's just another one of those buckets, right? Even with the Ijinika, mm-hmm. uh, and. <laughs> I love that. Just you, you quit trying. I, I just give up. You know, there's no point in the uh, even. Just gave up. It's a long ride yeah. too. This POV still going, by the way. No, no, that, right. yeah. Holy, yeah, that part is incredible. Yeah. Um. Anything in Europe? 
you know, just I, to. I still haven't been to Holiday Park, so I have been on Expedition G Force. There we go. You're, you're pandering. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pander to Mark. I'm tired of it already. <laughs> Don't encourage the boy. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I mean, Expedition does still look great. Yeah. Right. It still looks fantastic. I've heard years yeah. of Europeans trashing on it, so I just want to have them proved wrong. <laughs> so, just like when they forgot Hyperion was incredible. So, you know, hey, listen, <laughs> all right, uh, I've, I've made a decision for you, Adam. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're all gonna go to Europe together. Uh, we're gonna go to Italy, hang out with some Zamperla folks, right? Yeah, and then we're all gonna go to Poland and go to Energylandia together. We're gonna make you experience the magic gate. You're gonna, enjoy, <laughs> you're gonna enjoy. You're gonna enjoy. You could probably of actually get the magic gate open instead yeah. of us like, <laughs> being on Twitter and Instagram to open the gate. Yeah, I, I didn't know if that was some weird sexual innuendo or where that was going. But... <laughs> I mean, it's trying to skip the half mile queue that is Zadra. Ah. They have a gate. Yeah, they have a gate that opens right at the, the bottom of the exit that you could just really get. Like it's a three minute walk instead of a. <laughs> It's literally, a half, it's literally a half mile around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's insane. I think that when that first day there, I had like 28,000 steps and like half of it was St. Perla's line. It was kind of great. <laughs> yeah. I did not expect that at all. I heard of it, but I didn't. Did you say Sam Perla's line? He did because he knows everyone's queuing up for top throw dragster and pulling. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Dude. It's it's gonna be like Hagrid's again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's, it's starting I can't over imagine. there. I can't we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get the Polish version of Jefferson standing out in front of uh, <laughs> Energy Lania with the top thrill two sign. Line starts here. We could have Larson do it. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> He's going back soon. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's, that's pretty great. Yeah, that, that queue is going to be pretty atrocious for the first several years. Yes. <laughs> yes, years, which is a fantastic sentiment because it's going to be a great ride. And we're excited yes. about it. with yes. good uptime, with, with fantastic uptime, with fantastic <laughs> uptime. That'll, that'll definitely help with that ride. cue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. All right, Mr. Sandy. It has been an honor uh-huh. and a privilege yet again. Appreciate you. Um, I think you are now tied for the most visits of a visitor on the show. I think. I think Don't let me think because something's gonna. I'm gonna say yeah, something. Of uh, <laughs> real guests, not friends. Well, yeah. you are a friend now. You are a friend. Yeah, yeah. We'll call you no, friend. Just <laughs> knocking me <laughs> down in the outro there. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. You're, you're kind of <laughs> shit, but thanks for showing up to the show. <laughs> <laughs> the real guest. You're now the leader of the real guests. Um, sorry, Scott. I'm going to knock you down a peg. I'm going to knock Scott down a peg. Because um, I think you and Scott were tied, so we'll just give it to you. Because uh, we like you more than Scott. Fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Thank you again. Um, and everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks, gentlemen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>